0: Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. Liz Metz, Senior Director of Business Operations at Secure Shred and Opportunity Enterprises located in Valparaiso, Indiana, joins Tom on this episode. Liz describes how they employ individuals with disabilities in the shredding and recycling operation. She shares the benefits the individual employees gain as a result of their employment, but also the incredible business benefits that come from hiring them. Liz Metz, welcome to the Shred Coach podcast. I'm glad you're here.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's really great to have you here. So let's set the the stage for who you are and what you're about. So give me a big picture detail about your shredding business. Give me a little bit more about the shredding operation that you're involved in.
1: Secure Shred is one of three main social enterprises in an organization, Opportunity Enterprises, located in Northwest Indiana, that provides all types of services for adults with developmental disabilities. So traditionally, that would look like residential or day programming. We do community job placement, and these social enterprises are the hybrid of that. So it's for folks who may not want or need to be in the community fully independently, but they are still interacting with our community on a daily basis, and they're surrounded by folks who are trained in their special needs in order to meet their level of potential and sometimes beyond even what they expect of themselves. So Secure Shred has been around since 2003, and we service Northwest Indiana, Southwest Michigan, a bit into the southern suburbs of Chicago. We go as far east as South Bend and as far south as Lafayette.
0: Wow, that's a fairly big radius that you support.
1: Yes, we had gone further south in the past, but as we refined our business processes and took a look at those financials, deemed that a bit beyond sense. So we've reined that back in. We also provide electronics recycling. So we're delving back into expanding our territory based on the value of materials we would collect. As an organization that employs people with disabilities, we work with the Indiana version of Source America. So they Mm. help connect us with government contracts. And we are on our way to becoming the sole proprietor of electronics recycling for the state.
0: Nice. So give me a little bit more about the shredding operation, because, I mean, the whole staff, the whole staff part of it to me is massively intriguing. But let's start with, like, are you a mobile operation or are you plant based? What's your structure in terms of how do you deliver your shredding services? Sure,
1: absolutely. We are both. We run three trucks. Two of them are box trucks and one is a mobile shred truck. We have daily routes. We do events on Saturdays throughout the summertime. We also provide retail services for community members to drop their paper off at our facility. We have three drivers that run those trucks. And then we have what we call material collection professionals who ride along with the drivers to go to regular stops. And then we also have contracts with most of the major hospital systems in the area. So we have a separate collection crew that goes out, stages the containers and the collection for our drivers to come back in and pick the the material up.
0: So when when you collect with your box trucks, are you bringing it back to a plant operation then at that point? Do you have a plant shredding system too? Yes,
1: we do. So we have the mobile shred truck and then we have two shredders in our plant. One is Pierce Tear and one is Crosscut. And we are producing probably 10 bales of shredded paper on a daily basis.
0: Wow. Okay. That's great. So you said you're part of Opportunity Enterprises. So Secure Shred is one. You said within Secure Shred, it's shredding and recycling. Mm-hmm. And so there's the electronics recycling part of that. What other Businesses does Opportunity Enterprises engage in?
1: Beyond our Secure Shred division?
0: Yeah, beyond Secure So Shred. we
1: operate the oldest social enterprise since the 70s, a commercial janitorial arm, which is called Clean Team. So we provide uh, not residential, but commercial janitorial services to ourselves as an organization. And we are our own customers. But then we also have a handful of contracts in the community. And that is, we have an individual there who's been employed with us for 32 years.
0: So there's janitorial, there's shredding. Are there more business operations?
1: Sure. So we also have a popcorn shop that's called the Simply Amazing Market. We produce our own gourmet popcorn, fudge, and candied nuts. And we sell that locally through our main campus. We have a storefront. We're also located in our local Valparaiso Meyer in the front. So as you've survived grocery shopping, you can celebrate with a bag of gourmet popcorn. Mm. And we have a website and we do quite a bit of direct sales with local businesses for their gifting needs. So
0: cool. So cool. Well, the focus of the podcast, as you know, is a specific strategy, tactic, tool, way of thinking about things that you've engaged specifically in your shredding business. But I'm going to come to you as your Senior Director of Business Operations. So your role is what? Before we dig into the topic, what specifically is your role in this whole thing?
1: I essentially run a home office within the home office. So everything from sales to software management to data and metrics hiring and firing and things of that nature, I work with my directors to support them in those needs. And then each program has its own operations director. So really collaborative relationship with them, making sure that they are serving our mission, which in social enterprises is employment opportunities first and foremost, but then also really coming out ahead as a revenue source for the overall organization's mission.
0: And do you do that primarily for the business operations that we've just talked about or the entire organization?
1: for the business services that we just talked about.
0: Okay. Well, so talk to me about what's your unique point of view you want to talk about today.
1: Our mission, our population, who we serve. I think oftentimes when employment opportunities are presented, it might be seen as more of a philanthropic approach. But we actually provide training for our persons served so that they can find success in the jobs, not only in our social enterprises, but in the community as well. And it's not as... Scary, I think, as some managers might believe it to be, or as cumbersome in managing mm-hmm. someone with special needs. In fact, the typical non-neurotypical individual is more safety conscious. They're definitely uh, rule followers. So you train something once, it's trained. Not only will they mm. uh, stick with a procedure, but they'll also remind their co-workers when they're doing it wrong. So that can lead to some good inter-team interactions. They have on-the-clock engagement that is far and away ahead of the game, as far as your neurotypical staff. Absenteeism is really low, and they're just really dedicated to the mm-hmm. the work that is in front of them.
0: So you've given a whole bunch of stuff in that one statement, but I'm trying to tie it back into your shredding operation. Mm-hmm. So let, I'll pull it apart, and you just kind of give me your perspective on this. So when I if I were to look at your shredding operations or shredding and recycling staff, how many of those have special needs of your entire team, say, in your shredding operation?
1: We're at about 75 percent.
0: And so what you're saying is you hire specific, what do you call them in your clients? Clients.
1: We do call them clients.
0: They're your clients. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your clients are then hired and paid a appropriate rate. So that would be an appropriate to what anyone else mm-hmm. serving in that position would be paid. Mm-hmm, absolutely, So they're not paid below minimum wage. They're they're paid at. So give me a little sense of of how you engage that process from you need a position to somebody comes and joins you. What's what's that look like?
1: So the transition for us has been interesting over the past couple of years. We started off as a day program. That was sort of the mentality from a human services perspective. We want to have that space where someone who isn't interested or able to work independently in the community still has a purpose and a vocation to devote themselves to on a daily basis. And we had some governmental funding that supported that. So paid on an hourly rate, minimum wage, and then a little bit of additional support. The state changed all of that. Mm. They no longer support that program. So it's an either or. You are either fully integrated into competitive community employment, or you are in a curriculum based day program. So we hired Hmm. our clients. Since 2003, the social enterprise has been around operating as a day program. Yes, we have customers. Yes, we operate on best practices for running a business, but the focus really had been a safe place for our folks to make a meaningful day. Mm -hmm. Now we're transitioning away from that financial model into one that needed to be independent And we actually partnered with our state vocational rehabilitation office to create a training program 12 weeks long that went through soft skills, teamwork building, professionalism, all the way up to computer dismantling. So it was light industrial technical skills, safety along the way. We are e steward certified. So there's a lot of Mm -hmm. um, hazardous waste training that goes along with that as well. And after 12 weeks, then we hired them as employees. And internally for us, that was an interesting transition going from. You're a client, we are serving you to, you are a peer. And what does that look like? What does that look like from a legal HR perspective? What does that look like from a, yeah. the support teams that surrounded each of these individuals? There's a lot of fear involved in what mm-hmm. does this actually mean? Are we going to lose other benefits? What does accountability look like now, right? If we're an employee, we don't have as much, maybe, gray area or grace within that. It's been fantastic. Really? We have seen our folks rise to the occasion. We have one young woman who. Would show up every day, hoodie on, hood up, would not engage, would find any way to, I can't, I won't, I'm not interested. She now does data entry in one of the software platforms that we use to run our business. She Mm. will take an auditor aside and walk them step by step through her processes that she oversees. She lit up from within every time she comes to work. That's why we do what we do.
0: Yeah. I mean, just saying that makes me gives me goosebumps. But what lights, what's the from your perspective, what's the thing that's lighting her up? Like what's causing the light to happen for her compared to maybe what it was before when hoodie was on to now talking with auditors about the process? Like something's different there. And what what's been the intervention that has happened in her?
1: So many things. How do you encompass that in one word? Yeah. I would yeah. say confidence, okay. ownership, the ability to understand why she's doing what she's doing on a daily basis and feel mm. part of a whole instead of just coming in like with any of us, right? We want to feel purposeful in our daily work. We don't yeah. want to just come in and punch a time card and, you know, go about our day and leave. She's empowered. She's mm. making a difference.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And and if you don't mind me asking, what is, what would her disability be? Did I say that right? Because I want to be careful how I say it. It, Like, what would her special need or her special ability be? Just to give context to that story.
1: Sure. So I would say, um, what is her diagnosis would probably be the appropriate way to ask that question. Thank you. And I would say either multi or mild developmental disability, just in the sense of, you know, we have folks who have an autism diagnosis. We have folks who have the Down syndrome diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some who have more than one, and that's really, as it is in humanity, in every person, the diagnosis yeah. presents a little bit differently. Yeah. So when I say things like, oh, they, they right, quote, quote, unquote, they have more on-the-clock engagement, it's not meant to generalize or marginalize them as a population. Right. It's just meant to, I think they have a special gift where they're not as burdened by the things mm. that we find ourselves and right. that hold us back or hold us down. So.
0: Yeah. No, I just think it's such an important, to me, the story that you told of her allows us to see, and I think you said it earlier, there's a lot of fear. There's so much fear around hiring somebody who doesn't look like us or Mm -hmm. act like us or work like us and the implications of that. But what I heard you say, and I've heard you say is not only do you have a engaged client or employee basically you've got an extremely engaged employee you've got actually the story you told is someone who has lit up by mm-hmm. the the very act of being able to be a part of this
1: and i think it's a fantastic to be time in in history to be in this industry when we first started as an organization 55 years ago it was created in an organic movement across the country to find something for parents to put their adult children with disabilities in after high school. Institutionalization was the theme of the day. So we go from institutionalization to someone who is earning her own paycheck. She's deciding what she's putting on her grocery list. She's saving for a vacation. She is enjoying all of the rights and liberties that, that we all are all entitled to enjoy and to know that we support that and play a role in that. And I think that makes the difference in our customer service as well. So that when we're out in the community with our material collections professionals shaking hands and, you know, sharing stories and commiserating over what did you do this past weekend? It's so good to see you, or they're not there. And then our drivers are asked, What's going on? Are they okay? Mm. Nope, nope, they just took a day off, or yep, they'll be back soon. It's not just life changing for that one person. It's life changing for their family. It's life changing everyone around for all of us. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's like a web that they that I have found and I have seen that is created around hiring and working with your particular client employee base. It's just it's astounding what it does to the impact of your organization. Absolutely. So so in the process of moving from a client orientation, a day kind of orientation into this model, you said there was a lot of fear in it. What were the things and then there was a 12 week training program. What are the things you've learned from the process of engaging a special needs client as an employee? What are the things you've learned along the way that have been particularly valuable, not in terms of what they deliver, but how you as a company support that?
1: I think it's the individualization and the ability to make space for that when you standardize your processes. So Mm. two seemingly opposite concepts allows us to rise all boats. So we've got a curriculum that's set for this 12-week training course. We've got standard operating procedures throughout the workshop and on the road and throughout all of our operations. So that sets the bar and sets the expectations, and then you introduce the individual and you can work with them to know exactly what support systems, whether that be adaptive tools, extra instruction, hand over hand, not so much in this particular program, but if there were some need for that buddy system, we can build that in however that looks, whatever needs to happen, because we believe that as long as you have the right resources, anyone can achieve success.
0: Yeah. Such a powerful statement. When you have individuals who have gone through the process and you have given them a structure whereby to work in your shredding or recycling operation, how many support people need to then be around? Is it highly, I can only imagine it's highly supportive, but what's the day-to-day function look like? Is there two support people per 10 employees what what's that look like
1: So we have the two sides of the house as it were we've got our paper shredding and we've got our electronics recycling on the paper shredding side we have a floor manager and on any given day we could have upwards of 10 individuals who are crew members working whether that is as a floater, that person is trained on how to use the register and wait on customers for a retail traffic. They could be a bin tipper, so they know how to mm. operate the machinery to get that paper started. They yeah. could be a sorter, so they've okay. been trained on you know what plastics to pull out of the line, all the way through to tying a bale and moving that off for the staging area for shipping. It's the, again, that structure, that infrastructure mm-hmm. of standard operating procedures that allows for more consistency, you know, where we all have the same expectations, safety is heightened mm-hmm. and we all kind of watch out for each other. Okay. So sometimes not everyone appreciates that, right? To be managed right. by their peers. But it, by the end of the day, it is still really just supportive. The culture is supportive. So yeah. it's not just physical adaptations. It's also our mindset.
0: Yeah. And within that, there is undoubtedly a, I can only imagine, I've been in different situations where I have seen this unfold, but never in it specifically in a shredding operation. And I can only imagine as you bring up culture, there is a unique flavor to what transpires in your organization that feels different than what you see in the average shredding company.
1: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Everyone who comes in the door, customer is a friend we haven't met yet. There is not that corporate feel. There's not a, a you know, manufacturing cog in a wheel type of feel. It is welcome in, welcome to the family, happy Friday. What are you doing this mm-hmm. weekend? I want to get to know you as a person, not just as a customer. And that's how most of our team members approach everything they do, which I think the world needs more of.
0: Yeah, I realize we have positioned it in this conversation as a really beautiful thing and a beneficial thing. I can only imagine though, there's some days there are some obstacles. So like what shows up, what are the kind of obstacles you face? With this particular type of employee or this, and I'm generalizing there, I realize, Mm -hmm. because everyone's individual. But what are some of the obstacles you face as a company that's trying to produce revenue that's employing a certain, you have a very defined philosophy about how you hire people. So what obstacles show up for you in that way?
1: I would say communication can be an obstacle. Mm. So potentially someone struggles with self-expression. So if they're having a less than than ideal day, they may act out those frustrations in a more physical manner, not in the sense that anyone's ever in danger, but it's, again, getting to Mm -hmm. know that person Knowing, yeah. you know, like I'm sensing that you're upset. Let's take a break. Right. Like, again, the administrative control is like before it gets to a place where frustration leads to anger, we let's, you know, it's lunchtime or let's just walk outside for a few minutes. And then how our folks interact with one another. So, mm. their capacity to understand someone else's mood may be different than ours. And so being able to, again, catch those interactions before they become problematic. And uh, many of our folks have worked with each other for so many years at this point, it sort of becomes the like, oh, there's so-and-so again. Yep, Mm. it must be, you know, must be headed to his whatever this weekend. And we just kind of kind of deal with that. The other thing I think is just change in general. Mm. I think as in all things, we're on a spectrum, right? Right. You either hate it or you love it. and people often don't understand the perspective on the other side of the spectrum. So making sure that if the change is being introduced, how it's being introduced, how it's being reinforced, how you handle questions, how you handle input. So none of us want to come to a job where we don't feel like we have some voice when we show up at the door. So we take all of that into consideration as well.
0: I, I think as you're saying that, what I hear is I wish that those the rest of us listening to this could do that in our own businesses absolutely right there's something magical about what you just said there as a management formula that has nothing to do with your particular client employee it has to do with every employee
1: yes absolutely
0: it's such an important way of thinking and you have elevated it in your organization to a way of being as opposed to I hope we get around to this sometime Mm -hmm. to hearing what our employees have to say to managing the emotional state and reactions of each individual, which so often gets missed. And yet so often management wonders why employees aren't along for the ride. And they're often the ones causing the issue. So if a organization in the shredding industry, a company in the shredding industry, Didn't necessarily want to take the full approach that you're doing, which is a, a complete it's part of a big world that you live in. But if a shredder decided, hey, I want to hire a specific individual, what advice would you give them? How would you advise them to go about the process, whether they be in, you know, Idaho or Florida or wherever someone may be? and they're not in your area, so you can't help them specifically, but what what would you advise them? How would you a- ask them to think about this process?
1: So I would say defer to the experts. So across the country, we are fortunate to have vocational rehabilitation offices in every state. And then within those states, there are regions that those offices cover. That's really the starting place, right? When, when someone exits the school system and oftentimes VR, we call it, right? There's acronyms in this business like any other business. When they exit the school system, VR has already made that connection with them and is helping Mm. that trajectory. So whether that looks like post-secondary ed, whether that looks like vocational training, or whether that looks like job placement right away, the local VR office can help gather those individuals interested in working and then there are organizations like ours that employ employment consultants and job coaches that are also specially trained to work with a business but Mm. then also work with an individual with a diagnosis. So then that person becomes the liaison between the business and the support team. And there are many things that could come into play. Transportation is a huge barrier to Mm. employment, so connecting the dots on public transportation or rallying the schedule with a family member to provide transportation or even with the business, depending on you know carpools or whatever the options might be, thinking creatively and yeah. then relying on their bank of expertise from their community, from their organization to say, we've seen this before, but maybe this time it's a bit different. So we're going to be nimble and adapt and provide that service. And I guess that's kind of the beauty of where we're at. There's no such thing as perfection. Mm-hmm. It's just we keep going until we right. see what is success for somebody. And it might take a few tries. It might take a few tries to find the right, like with any of us, personality fit, cultural fit, mm-hmm. skill set. And it's that business of matching the person with the position. And that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And but then job coaching allows for that continual on the job training that the business doesn't have to either It doesn't have to pay for because VR funds that and they don't have to necessarily train any of their staff in those specific special needs interventions. But that job coach can also help train peers on how Mm. to interact appropriately with someone with a disability, the right words to use. For example, if someone was using a wheelchair, it's common knowledge for us to understand that you would never touch somebody else's wheelchair unless you asked first. So teaching that in the Mm. setting of... Can I hold the door open for you? Can I, I see that you're struggling. Can I help you with that kind of mentality? So it really kind of creates that culture of, and I think that that permeates the culture in the sense of like, yes, my hands are full. I can't open the door. So now I'm going to offer to open the door for someone who's in the same situation as someone who looks like they need help.
0: Yeah, that's so good. It strikes me, though, that there would also need to be, and maybe not, but you said it earlier that within Secure Shred at Opportunity Enterprises, you've worked really hard at a process, SOPs, structure that's consistent and uniform in enough ways that there is a stable place for your clients employees to work and a, a lot of times i think when you don't have that mentality as a owner operator who just you know, everything's happening in different ways that would likely be a more difficult environment to work in i can only imagine
1: and there are businesses who specialize in that and we are actually one of them so we're not limited by our geographic scope in that service and this is a new endeavor that we're undertaking Mm. A business anywhere in the country, we are happy to travel to and provide consultancy services to take a look at all of those things, to take a look at the administrative controls and the standard operating procedures and standardize them. We've got tons of folks out there who are ISO certified, so their paperwork is you know well in, in check. But as far as the adaptations built within it, right. we can take a second look at that or oh, that just creatively so- think through you know, assistive technology can be low or high tech, right? So yeah. a large computer screen for someone who's visually impaired, a different color backing. So oftentimes a black background with yellow font is easier to read for someone with a visual impairment. We could come in and help with that and make recommendations for the software and technology or even build into those company policies.
0: So interesting. So interesting. So one of the questions that gets raised from me in these conversations that I have, because I'm never quite sure where we're going, is, does it work? What's the practical impact? Is there value? And I know you've you've stated it in, you know, I sense, yeah, overall, there's a good cultural value to it. But is it profitable? Is it, does it actually produce a return on the investment?
1: I am proud to say yes, that we are hitting that mark as part of our mission. Um, really? But it always hasn't been the case. I think for us, changing that mindset from being a, a day program and and serving, now we are building a culture that just naturally serves, but we are implementing business practices and finding efficiencies and investing in software and investing in our employees to have professional development opportunities. It's changing the way we do business, the business mm-hmm. side of things. So yes, we are headed in that right direction. And I know the software system we use, we love QShred and shout out to the, the folks at QShred, fantastic company. Company, our route optimization with them, we've been able to take three trucks that looked as though they were busting at the seams and entertain, do we need a fourth truck? We're not really sure. What are the numbers mm-hmm. telling us? Rerouting now, we have room to spread our legs in our three routes oh. because of how the software has helped us. So that impacts our ability to take on more customers, produce more volume, you know, through our shredding implant plant and potentially hire more people. So it's allowing us to, when we are looking for labor, it's meaningful, impactful labor. It's not just Johnny needs a job. And so we're going to find a space for him on the line. No, we actually really need somebody to be on the sorting table because that's what the need is for the business.
0: And yeah, and it's so it's a verifiable. I mean, it's a business that's running, that's operating, that creates return on the investment. Mm -hmm. But using a particular population that has exponential impact. Like to me, it's exponential. Like the impact of what you're doing is so profound and connected to what you just said, how you run your software. I mean, that's what everybody's thinking about. How does our software support this? But when you talk about it, it's the software is a part of a bigger picture that creates an unusually cool outcome The cool part that I think I hear you saying is it's also the very clear value to the business return Mm -hmm. on that investment. Mm -hmm. So that's delightful. Yeah. Well, I am actually thrilled to have had this conversation to understand where you're coming from, to understand what Opportunity Enterprise is doing, Secure Shred is doing. I would love to come and meet your team. I am a massive believer in what you're doing, and I'm so glad you shared it with us. But I have a question As we come to the end, I went digging on the website, Simply Amazing Market. And if I ever come to Valparaiso, that's how I say it right. Did I say it right? Valparaiso. Valparaiso. If I ever come and I go to the Simply Amazing Market and you talked about it was in the front of the Meyer store and there's one other location but if i went there which popcorn do i choose buffalo caramel caramel puffs cheddar chicago <laughs> style or kicking caramel what's your favorite
1: my favorite
0: yeah you got to tell me your favorite
1: i would probably go with chicago it's a good okay. it's a good mix of savory and sweet all in one i'm kind of a wuss when it comes to spice so i'd stay away from the kicking caramel but i know folks who come back for that on a weekly basis so definitely a pantry staple
0: Well, Liz, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing the story of Secure Shred and Opportunity Enterprises. And it's been absolutely delightful to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for this invitation and this opportunity. Any chance we get to spread the mission that we so love here is well worth it. So thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. Make sure to tune in every week for a brand new
0: $10,000 strategy or idea from trusted shredding and business professionals.